podcasting from inside the stash. I'm Jenny. I'm Nicole. And this is Stash and Burn. Uh, Hello! Hey, Jenny. <laughs> Long time. No talk! No kidding, right? And we, I'm just going to say this right up front. We haven't even talked. I know. I, I, we text fairly regularly. Yeah. And we've emailed, but I don't think we have found a time to talk since the last time we recorded. Yeah. It's like by the time your kid is in bed. Yeah. It's you're like just you have no uh, more brain cells left to have a conversation. Yeah. And I think like there was one time where you texted me. I'm just thinking when I was in Portland, like the week that like I would have had time and space for it. And then you're like, Hey, what are you up to? And I'm like, I'm in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> this makes it difficult <laughs> to see you. Um, I do not have any, uh, I really don't really have a knitting current knitting project. So right now, as we talk, I'm going to be sorting through the ridiculous contents of my knitting basket. Um, it's just like pieces, you know, photocopies of patterns, pattern magazines. Uh, let's see what else. Finished objects are in here. Cool. Scraps of yarn. Excellent. So what are uh, you knitting? You just said you were going to pick out something, right? I know, but I didn't pick anything out. I decided <laughs> what I would do is pick up my knitting basket and just like wind up my measuring tape and stuff. Right. So, um, I actually am sure I have something on the needles if I dug enough into this uh, basket. Right. But I'm not, I don't have a current knitting project. I finished something yesterday. Uh-huh. And um, because of um, my, some other endeavors, which I will talk about later in this podcast. Uh-huh. AKA sewing. I just, um, last night didn't pick out another project and I didn't want to commute with a project today because I was running after work. And so I just, I don't have anything. What are you knitting? Well, remember that little Oak baby cardigan? Yes. The one, the one where we're like, you can, I was like, you can eat it out. Come on. You can do it. I'm making out of sincere sheep, the Mm Ramboulet sports. Um, so I finished both sleeves and the body, mm-hmm. and I'm about to join the yoke, and I don't think I have enough. Um, so, which is what you feared like yeah. two months ago when we recorded. I mean, this is what I've got, and I st- actually ripped it out and re knit it at a smaller size. I like this, like le- with less stitches. Thinking, did that, you? I mean, com- so you completely ripped it out and started. Yeah, over. exactly. Um, because I was getting a little big of a bigger gauge and I figured that I could eke it out if I made the smallest size. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I just don't see myself eking it out with this. So I went on the web's website because they sell it online and, and then I was looking at my label and realized, Wait a this is Brooks yarn. Yeah. Oh, okay. You could just buy it from Brooke. I didn't think that she could sell it. She didn't. She says it's like a wholesale on her site. 
Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Um. So you went I to Webs. I should have looked at Christine's site. Um, so I went to Webs and uh, looked at my label to see what the color was called, and it didn't. It wasn't labeled <laughs> with the color, and so I just had to look at the picture. And Is it like, orange? Yeah. Is it vitamin C? I think so. That's what I Is bought. It? Okay. <laughs> and then I was on the website. And I was like looking around, but all I ordered from Webs was this one ball of yarn. Wow. I'm proud of you, Jenny. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I had a lot of things in my cart, but slowly <laughs> they came out. Good for you. All I bought was one ball of yarn. Um... Okay, I'm just going to give you a progress report on going through my knitting basket. <laughs> so I have pulled out the yarn, like wishful yarning, I will call this, like where I've wound the yarn or put the yarn in my knitting basket uh-huh. because I'm going to start a project. Right. Four different yarns, separate like projects I found uh, that were unstarted that I was contemplating. And then I found this. <laughs> this... I'm going to take a picture of this and post it. No, because I'm hoping maybe I'll unravel it. This is like a yarn dreadlock. Yeah, it's like yarn, a yarn wig. Yeah, this is amazing. It's like every color that's currently in my knitting basket completely tangled together. That seems crazy that that happened naturally. Oh, you know, what would you consider naturally? I mean, I go through this basket pretty regularly digging for something. I know, so but... I, I think I caused this problem. But that was a, that's a crazy-looking snarl. It is. Um, yeah, I... I Well, let me talk a little bit about what I finished. Have you finished anything? Because you were working on this. Did you just, like, rip this project and then just start over? Yeah. Here's my... Uh... Slow, this is my other one. I have, oh, the our, I have heart a, rainbows. It's, I have a it's sleeve. I have a sleeve. <laughs> no, okay. I just need to knit another sleeve. Um, yeah, it's still not finished. But it's the three-year-old <laughs> size. That's true. You've got an, uh, two more years. Exactly. Um, I did finish some things. I was like... I'm, like, being this kind of, I wouldn't say productive, but, like, focused knitter, right? Like, I'm just doing one thing at a time. So I think last time we talked, I was going to or had just knit um, a windsheaf hat for one of the students that I work with. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for a project to knit for for another boy. And um, I I found it. Since then, and I feel funny talking about this because it has come up so often now on the Yarniax podcast, both them talking about this pattern and talking about me having knit this pattern. It's come out twice on their podcast. I feel like it feels in the Yarniax, you already know that I knit um, a scarf called the Clincher or Clincher by, um, oh gosh, Ash Kearns is her name. And the Clincher, it's a very like straightforward pattern. It's, um, 
like uh, stockinette and reverse stockinette. So you have like I think two rows of stockinette and two rows of reverse stockinette, something like that. And you increase, I believe, on just on one side, so you get um, sort of a that asymmetrical triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this nice bumpy texture. And then when you get to the end, you knit these awesome I cord loops. Um, that then you can wrap the scarf around your neck and pull it through the loops, and which is super clever because whenever I'm wearing a big long scarf, I so always the t- kind the of tail always drags and I'm, literally at loose ends, you know. Yeah, seriously. So um, I knit this for um, this kid, this young man that I've uh, done some projects with the last couple of years, and um, I knit the. Um, rings, the loops at the end in the rainbow flag colors. So um, that was actually super fun going through. I was trying to figure out how I could do this without buying yarn because, of course, I was tempted to go, like, buy some rainbow, like, mini (laughs) skeins of rainbow-colored yarn. And I was like, okay, Dami, remember, you have that box of yarn from the Babette project. And so I went in there and I found surprise all the colors of the rainbow more or less so i have a red orange yellow green and then i have light blue for blue and a like gray blue for indigo and then uh purple for the violet so um i love this project i will definitely be knitting more clinchers because i think it's something that is fairly unisex Mm -hmm. like i think many men would wear it um and definitely it's a great like gift for that I don't know it's like super straightforward I knit it in less than a week and I used some old stitches yarn I knit it in forbidden woolery gluttony nice. which is a sport weight superwash I knit it on US on size 7 needles and um now that it's been blocked it's it's kind of loose mm-hmm. but um I don't think that's going to matter because now he can just wrap it more times around his right. neck. Um, so, I, um, and I didn't knit as many repeats as the pattern called for, but once I blocked it, it was plenty big. Um, and so I, I believe, let me look here, that it is written intended to be used with um, sock yarn, but honestly, you could use any weight yarn. The pattern is easily adaptable and you just knit until you run out of yarn, right? And then make the loops. Um, and a lot of people uh, knit it in sock yarn and then use, like, you know, you always have a little bit of sock yarn around. Mm-hmm. And so you could, you know, knit it in one contrasting color. But I um, I was pretty proud of my modification of using the, the colors of the rainbow flag. That's very cool. So that is Clincher by Ash Kearns. It was a $5 um, Ravelry download. And... Um, I finished oh I hadn't at the time that we talked I was still working on my long walks leg warmers mm-hmm. um, knit in the firecracker um, colorway mm-hmm. of dragonfly fibers traveler um, and I finished them shortly after and I realized that uh, what had I done I wish now I probably I didn't take that notes of course but I had knit I think what I had done was I had knit, started knitting them on threes, and this is um, kind of a light 
I guess it's a DK is what it's listed as. So I knit the, the ribbing in threes, thinking that I would go up to fours for the body. But when I got to the body, I stayed on threes. Mm-hmm. And I realized when I got to the ribbing on the other end that I should knit the, the other ribbing in, on twos. So I did that. Then I knit the second one using twos for the ribbing and three for the body. Um, and I really didn't like how loose the threes were for the original ribbing. So I actually did something very daring. I cut my knitting. I, best as I could, ran my needle through the stitches that were, you know, that would be on the row, the, like the first row, or the, I guess, or the last row of the vein, and I cut the yarn, and I unraveled that direction, and it was successful. I was able wow. to then um, unravel it, wind it back up, and knit um, the ribbing on smaller size needle. Um, they don't match perfectly, like the, because, because um, one is a cast on and one is a bind off. Um, but they, I mean, you, you don't know once they're on the, my legs. Have you worn them? Uh, I did wear them. There was, um, there's one night where it was like a nice evening and it turned kind of chilly. So I was like wearing something light to bed and I was like, Hey, I'm going to put on leg warmers. <laughs> so, um, but it, you know, it's, it's now of course spring, you know, our version of spring slash summer. So, um, I don't think I will be wearing my leg warmers again until the I fall. Or that colorway. It's the best. I really so love that beautiful. colorway. Um, I also, in the time since we last recorded, knit the Brandy Shawl by Romy Hill, Rosemary <laughs> Hill. Um, and this is, this was a, a Mother's Day gift for my mom. And uh, the Brandy Wine Shawl, it's those very popular pro, um, projects. Let's see how many are there. There are 1,385 projects, but it was a fundraiser. It's an ongoing uh, fundraiser for uh, Doctors Without Borders that um, really started after the earthquake in Haiti. So it's a 650 download from uh, On Ravelry, and I believe $5 per download goes to uh, Doctors Without Borders. So I bought this pattern probably years ago, right when the earthquake happened and, um, had always intended, you know, obviously to knit it. And my mom had been hinting around that she wanted a triangular shaped shawl, um, to wear like a bandana. So, um, I had plucky knitter Primo fingering that I got at sock summit in, what was that? 2011, I think. Wow. And, um, and I started to knit it, um, actually I cast it on right as we were leaving for Portland. And I have to say it's beautiful and I haven't actually posted the FO pictures of it. Um, but Romy's patterns, they, they kind of break my brain a little bit and I can't figure out why, because this pattern and it's, it's an eight row repeat. And once you get the first initial triangle done, it's an eight row repeat of like, that was like 30 stitches on each side and everything in the middle is garter stitch. And I had marker, uh, like I set up a good marker system, but I messed up this pattern so many times. It wasn't even funny. You know, I knit this pattern out of my Pagora, um, the Toots LeBlanc Pagora Uh that I had. Mm -hmm. Also for my mother-in-law, uh, like a mother's gift, and um, I messed up on it a lot too. I feel like 
I feel like there was something about like there it was just hard to see the pattern because the pattern mm-hmm. was so narrow. Right. Like when your knitting is all bunched up, it's hard to read what's going on in like this two inch space. Um, and if you mess it up, it's, it's on an angle. Yeah. I know, in a funny way that makes it made it hard to go down and fix your mistakes. Like I had to rip out. I mean, there were, t- there was a time where I must, I, I ripped out. 10 rows. Oh, it was when I, I believe it was when I was in Portland and I texted you a picture of this, like, could, <laughs> right, could you live with this? And, and I was like, I was, yes. <laughs> no, you actually, let me, let me clarify. When you say yes, you say yes with an exclamation point. You were like, well, <laughs> it could be wabi-sabi. And I was like, okay, that means no. <laughs> I know uh, what that means. I believe was, in wabi-sabi. <laughs> so I, um, I I mean I've finished it. And then there's some weird stuff at the end of the directions that and I can't even remember like like why did why is it written this way? Like you do these the last few rows to me. I was like I could have just ended in pattern. And then I did like I'll, I will say I really liked and again, it's a beautiful shawl. I am an admitted unambitious knitter, so perhaps it is just beyond my realm of of not ability, but maybe like desire to do something that's that's this complicated. But I did love that bind off, which was a which I don't know if you remember, but it is a reverse stockinette I cord bind off. I vaguely remember that. It's aw- it's pretty awesome. It looks really cool. Um, but before that, there's some rows that I'm like, I just don't even understand what I'm supposed to be doing or what it's supposed to look like when I do this. So did it had like it had like extra increases. Yes. What was that? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the bind off tightened up that edge, the top edge, and she was like making up for that. I don't know, but I was like, why am I doing all of these yarn overs? I should have brought something much simpler to go on vacation with. Um, I didn't know my sister-in-law and I would be watching singles, which, you know, I had to pay more attention to than my knitting that night. (laughs) Have you seen that movie? You've Not seen it. in a million years. Oh my god, it is awesome. I mean, I, mean, like, I remember the clothes very distinctly. Clothes yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing about that movie that's not great. <laughs> Here's something crazy. Um, oh, we're watching it, and the credits come on, and this name comes up, and it's you know, Jim True, and I'm like, huh, that's interesting because I can think of an actor whose name is sort of like that, and then. In like one of the first scenes, up flashes on the screen, Mr. Presbo from The Wire. Prez! I was like, Jim Trufrost, oh my god, you were in singles? Are you kidding me? Wow. I immediately text Raina, because Raina and I were, we would watch that movie all the time. And so I texted my friend, I was like, Mr. Presbo is in singles, and she's like, get out of here, and she immediately got it from Netflix that week and watched it. She's like, does that movie hold up? And I'm like, of course it does. It's awesome. I mean, lots of it doesn't make sense because it's, you know, a funny little romance. But, um, yeah. So there was that. I'm I'm glad I did it. I, man- I did manage to get it done in three weeks. I remember the other Romy Hill shawl I knit, which was um, Asteropi. And um, it was also really difficult. I mean, she's she's like – the uh, you know 
it's not the typical lots of stockinette and a nice little border shawl. These are shawls, the thinking the thinking knitter shawl. I think that the thing that um, it's hard to get a groove on those shawls because they're not like a rhythmic kind of pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just very syncopated. If you're gonna use musical terms, like it's just just you know, it's just. It's just not a predictable math. You know, you're like, this time I increase two, you know. And I think this, I mean, this is the sort of, the da- one of the downsides of the kind of knitting I've been doing lately, which is like, okay, where's my list? Okay, what do I knit next? You know, and mm-hmm. so um, I've been just really focused. And that was like the thing that had to be knit. It was Mother's Day was coming and I wasn't going to do a postponement kind of thing. So mm-hmm. like. It's what I spent a lot of time in April on. I also, I think I was knitting. I've knit, I haven't put these on Ravelry. I started to, I'm almost done with a pair of fingerless mitts that I just am winging where I took two, two kind of leftover balls of yarn and striping, nothing too exciting. Um, And those are also for a student. So I've got three of the four things, actually kind of, there's a fifth thing, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, and then I guess the fifth thing. <laughs> so the fifth thing is the dovetail cowl by mm-hmm. Karina Spencer. I, um, I started to knit it in November actually. And I cast on and I got through the initial ribbing and it was kind of similar to the Romy pattern in the sense that I felt like when I was knitting it, I couldn't get into a rhythm of it. Like I was doing this counting thing for the way that it's a, it's a knit pearl pattern that chevrons and it's a fairly complex pattern. Um, and in the fall and it's, um, I'm knitting it in, uh, Malabrigo Rios in Cumparacita. Finally, that yarn has become something. <laughs> um, and it's, um, the, the ver- version I have of that yarn is a very dark red with a lot of black in it. And I know there's other versions that are pinkier and redder, less black. So it was a dark yarn in November in a knit pearl pattern. So, and I was trying to knit it in the morning in carpool and it, I just don't think any of those things came together well. And um, I was thinking about knitting another. Well, so what I think I'm going to do with this cowl actually is I'm bartering with a student mm-hmm. who has made these fantastic watercolor paintings, these small watercolors. I'd say they're like eight and a half by 11. And what she's done is she's taken pictures of people who are wearing interesting clothes mm-hmm. and then she's painted their portrait but removed their head. So it's like, it's like a dress form. It's like mm-hmm. a paper doll without a head, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then there's all of them are super cool. And so, um, she, I offered to buy one from her and she kind of was like, Oh, that's so nice. But didn't like really take me up on it. And so mm-hmm. then I was like, how about, how about we trade? How about I make you something? And she was really into that idea, mm-hmm. which I thought was sweet. So, um, I made this, I was like, okay, what can I do for this barter? I can, let me try to do something with that cumparacita and I'm looking at patterns and I'm trying to make a decision and I pull out the, you know, this, this project that I started and I just started knitting on it and it all came together. Like you do have to read each pattern line, but once you understand the pattern of that line, you can, it's pretty, it's a 16 stitch repeat 
that you repeat 13 times, I think. Mm -hmm. And once I understood, I'm like, oh, this is it. And I had sort of a rhythm of what the, how the, the each repeat would go. And that was, it was great. It was a nice, like, it was interesting. Like the pattern that was breaking my brain in the fall was what I sort of came, brought me down from the pattern that sort of broke my brain this spring. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, and, um, it kind of, I guess it kind of just tells you, like, you have to be in the mood to knit something. Mm-hmm. So maybe, like, given another set of circumstances, like, maybe if I didn't feel time pressured to have knit that Romy shawl and I didn't feel, you know, I hadn't had, I don't know, whatever, we hadn't been, like, traveling, I would have, it would have been easier um, for me um, because, like I said, circumstances made the dovetail cowl a much easier pattern when I knit it at a later date. So um, I just want to point out that that is a $5 um, pattern um, from Karina Spencer, um, and that you can get it on Ravelry as well. So um, that is what I've finished, which seems like, you know, a lot, but it's um, it has been a little, it's been a couple months since we've recorded. So um, that's why my output might seem impressive for me. I feel like the one I hear other knitters that other podcasts I'm like whoa that is actually an impressive amount of output (laughs) you knit a sweater in two weeks oh my god like I feel like at the end of the day I I can't even pull out my knit I just end up watching tv without knitting it's oh it's crazy um have you been doing any like fantasy knitting or like thinking about other things like it's been a while I feel like it's been a while since you've knit something for yourself or for someone other than Matilda yeah I feel like I've stalled out on my Adiri um I'm on the second sleeve and it's kind of not going um I feel like knitting for Matilda is kind of satisfying because at least it's small and it gets done after months and months. It gets done <laughs> <laughs> eventually. But I found I bought a pattern collection that has some really cute baby stuff in it called "From Mama with Love." Oh, you yeah, you alerted me to that. On um, it's by Connie Chang, Chinchio, Tannis Gray, Margot Huffnagel, Melissa Labar, and Kate Osborne. Um, but the thing I like about this book is that it has a lot of vests (laughs) and I feel like in our climate, vests are the perfect kid thing to throw on. Yeah. There are like four vests in there. Yeah. Um, and they're all pretty different. They're all pretty and pretty unisex. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely put a girl in all of them. Right. I mean, just like the Lulu vest may not be as boy-friendly. Right. But the rest of them, great. Um, So I feel like there are some vests coming, which hopefully I can finish in a month. I should be able to finish a baby vest in a month. That's like knitting a hat. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think so. Especially if you knit like the pullover ones, right? Yeah. I feel like the pullover ones are better too for kids because then there's no closures to chew off. Uh, yeah, that's true. Is she, is she in a big chewing phase? Uh, yeah, what's her what's her teeth status? Well, now she has five teeth, which is very exciting. Because for the longest oh. time, she only had like one tooth. And you're like, <laughs> she's never going to get teeth. <laughs> and yet she like wants to eat all this food that you have to chew. <laughs> and so she's just basically like gumming this food <coughs> and swallowing it whole. <laughs> And it's just coming out the other end, unchanged. <laughs> um, but now she's able to chew more. So that's exciting. Um, yeah, I have, um, oh, I, I have things lined up. And again, so like I haven't been doing a lot of knit stocking. So like one thing, I still have another graduation gift um theoretically i was going to give these kids these gifts um next thursday but the the last thing i'm going to do is a pair of fingerless gloves so once i figure out what fingerless gloves i can uh, probably whip those up pretty quickly so um so that's like the next thing in the queue and then after that i am knitting a blanket for a coworker who's what? having a- Go ahead. Uh, not the coworker. I'm sorry for the baby. Okay, it's, it's a baby blanket. Okay, you're scaring um, me. I think we talked about this last time. I think I'm I'm gonna knit the dogwood blanket. I love um, that from, pattern from Tin Can Knits, and um, I think what I like about it is that it is knit in four squares. So you knit the square from the center out, and then you knit the next one. And you knit the next one. So um, even though it's about to be summer and I won't be commuting, it's a small project. So I feel like. When I'm on the go, it's portable. I can, it's portable. Although, and I, I, if there's a chart, but there is a chart. I'm hoping. I mean, there does seem to be because of the dogwood leaves. There's a lot of stockinette, and it does seem like it would be more intuitive because you know you're forming a leaf, right? Right. So it should be fairly clear. And I haven't looked at the chart, but I'm guessing that there are rest rows, but I could be wrong. I have the charts. I have the, oh, wait a minute. I do have the chart printed out. It's in this mess somewhere. It's in here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, see. So it's a quarter chart. So you repeat it four times and there are not rest rows. But it's all this, you know, it's stockinette, purling, you know, it's a, yeah, it's stockinette, reverse stockinette, yarn overs. And increases and decreases. So, I mean, it's it's there, but it's it's something that's pretty visual, right? We'll see. This could be famous last words. Um, that baby's due at the end of July, so um, I think I can can get that that moving. Cool. Um. Yes. So we've been through a few uli periods. Um, last month was gift knitting in theme with the, um, the shawl that I was knitting for my mom. Uh, this month, May is scrap knitting and I have not been following um, the forms very closely, um, this month. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about my idea for June. Um, June, I thought we could do something sort of like, uh, 
that thing you've always meant to knit. Um, so it could be something for yourself or that thing that's the, the thing that you keep putting off for other projects. Um, and they're like, oh, someday I'm going to knit that. Um, so I've been thinking a little bit at least about casting on something for that, even if it's I end up working on the dogwood blanket more. Um, one thing I thought about was knitting, starting the Audrey and Unst that I've been meaning to make for myself. Right. Um, and I have the yarn for that. I bought it on for my birthday last year. My birthday's in June, so that's part of the reason I came up with this challenge. Um, so I'd like to cast that yarn, that project on before, um, before that year, that yarn turns a year old. Uh, the bummer about that, of course, is that I swatched for that project pretty um, soon after I got the yarn, but I do not remember what size needles I used to swatch it. Oh, that is the worst. I feel like such a dumbbell. Like, Honestly, with Ravelry, I've got to get to the practice of swatching and then um, putting that um, information into the project page. I don't know why I didn't do that. Um, I've heard other people who do things like put, um, like, as many yarn pearl bumps. Yeah, pearl bumps to, for the needle size or yarn overs. Mm-hmm. Um which is like, I always think, oh, I don't need that because I know what I'm knitting and it's right here. <laughs> and of course, I'm going to cast on immediately. I know. But then, like, yeah, I I swatched for that Glenna C cardigan I was going to make out of um, the Electric Rose Sport. And so I have this beautiful swatch that is the exact gauge that I wanted. And uh, I remember I had to go, like... It turned out the swatches were weird because I had to go up a needle size, but got like a tighter gauge. It was just weird. Um, But anyway, I can't remember what the actual result was of that swatch. So now I'm going to have to just do it again. But I guess like you shouldn't use a swatch from a long time ago because you might have changed your tension. I know, I know that definitely was something that I remember hearing when I first started knitting. But don't you think at this point in our knitting careers, I mean, you've been knitting for nine years. I have been knitting for 12 years. I don't, I don't know how much my gauge is changing over time. Right. Like I think I've, I think I've got my knitting style down and that, it's probably going to produce pretty consistent results. Right. Check out my check out my yarn tangle. Impressive, right? It's barely it's 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 significantly much smaller. Much smaller. Why do I have this? Oh my god! So this is I'm winding back onto a uh, yarn core. Some art fibers. I believe this was called catnap, and it is like a chenille yarn that I may have never talked about this. I knit, oh man, there are no pictures. There's no project page for this of mine on Ravelry. I knit a project from an early nitty that is a tank top that's like a bikini, like triangle bikini. And then like underneath it was, um, it's just, you know, like a tube, right? Mm -hmm. And, oh gosh, I'm going to see if I can find this. 
if I can find it. It's like one of the first issues of Nitty. And it was like the maybe it was the first thing I tried first in the round. Mm-hmm. And um, I do not know why I did this because I'm sure that the um, that the yarn is so different from the yarn that was called for. So it would have been probably spring of 03. Let me see if it's in here. That was the issue with sitcom chic in it. A classic. A total classic. Do you remember that moment where you were like, when you started first started knitting and you were like, clothes are mostly tubes. <laughs> the whole universe of possibilities that opened up to you. <laughs> okay, so I think it's this pattern called Cleo by Amy Swenson. And it hers is knit in a DK weight cotton crepe yarn. It's called Cantata Cotton Crepe. It's 100% mercerized cotton. And it's this, the top is the kind of, it's two overlapping triangles that are in a seed stitch, it looks like. Um, eyelet seed stitch pattern. Yeah, I think the eyelets are just on the side. And then I think what you do did was knit the band first, mm-hmm. the, or the skirt, and then you picked up to knit the, um, the triangles. And my triangles were fairly skimpy. And I even I wore it once to a, like a an event, an evening event at the Getty Art Museum, mm-hmm. and I remember the whole night totally feeling so super self conscious. <laughs> I was just like always feeling like I was not well covered at all, <laughs> like. <laughs> and so uh, after that, I decided it, that I was never going to wear it, and I tried to rip it. Uh-huh. Uh, and that did not work at all because it's this, you know, chenille yarn. Um, and you still have, re- like, the remainder of that yarn? Yeah. Why? That's crazy. Well, I think at some point. Okay, so catnap was a DK. It's a DK microfiber. It does not. Like, if you felt this yarn, you would I don't know how you can knit this at a DK weight. Gauge of 23 stitches over 4 inches? Really? This feels like a thick yarn. I never really understood. Like, art fibers gauges were always a mystery to me. I mean, yeah, their gauges were like, and if you use a size 15 needle for this tiny yarn, you'll get a big gauge. And you're like, is that what we, what was it, be intended? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I always felt like there would be some yarns where I would think you should get a, a smaller gauge, but their gauge would be. You know, like I'm like, oh, this is a, you know, a sport weight yarn and they were getting like a worsted gauge. I think that what they were doing was knitting their swatches on a machine and then like correlating um, like the needle size to the size of the, I forget what they're called, but. Like a wraps per inch sort of thing. Um, there's this thing that you put in the the thing that goes back and forth on the needle bed. Oh, right. That can change the gauge. Right. Of, the plate? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it will pull the needle back further. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what you, I remember. 
right. I can visualize it. And so I think they were just doing like equivalents to that. Got it. Um, I'm looking at the Uli FO thread. Mm-hmm. And there's the cutest apron. Did you see that pie maker apron? Oh. Um, it was knit by Hockey Me. Oh, and she yeah. Knit the cutest bear called Ducky Bear. <laughs> and then this darling apron that she sewed on a pocket and lined it. What post is it? It's post um, 45. Okay. And the ducky bear has a jumper overall outfit on. Look at this. Cute stuff. I haven't gotten there yet. Um, man, not to mention the there's a bunch of Rebecca Danger monsters in this thread, which is perfect for scrap yarn, right? I still owe my kid that. Oh, that is, where is it? Um, oh my goodness. Oh, 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 the little bear. Oh, that's cute. The pie maker apron. That is adorable. It is adorable. But it looks super labor intensive. But super oh. adorable. Just because you have to line it? She, she lined it? Well, she also said she hand sewed the lining in. Yeah, let me, t- let me t- give a little plug for hand sewing. It's not that bad. <laughs> that's my plug. That's my hard sell, people. So not that bad. Um, no, um, a couple years ago, I started, not always, but sometimes um, hand sewing my seams. Uh-huh. I'm seams, not my seams, my hems. Yeah, uh-huh. all of my seams are hand sewn. Um, and I think it, it looks nicer than, like, you know, some fabrics just don't take the machine. I don't know, the, the machine sewing just makes it look tamped down. And so by doing, trying to do a... Um, Invisible hem, is that mm-hmm. what they call it? Yeah. Did you do like that blind stitch where you... Yes, that's what I mean, a blind yeah, hem. Yeah, yes. yeah. I'm doing a blind hem. Cause like, mainly because I felt I was just too stupid to figure out the blind hem foot on my sewing machine. I could never figure out mine. I cannot figure it out. I will some maybe someday. Who knows? But um, so I just was like, screw it. I'm spending so much time figuring this out. I could probably just sew this by hand. And um, it's not the best blind stitch ever known to sewing kind, but I felt it looked good. And, um, it was just as portable on a skirt to like take and do, and actually kind of a little less thought, you know, needs less thought than some knitting products, for instance, a intensive lace pattern. Um, so, but that is cute how she lined it. And I, yeah, I think hand sewing the lining in, uh, it, it took less time than knitting the apron. That's true. So. It does have a ruffle. It does have a ruffle. Oh, my God. Did you see... Um, I think it's Cherry Makes is making a linen stitch queen-size blanket. And she's like, it's going really fast. Wow. Because that's not what anybody else ever says about women. I know. 
it's like it's it's like a crazy phenomenon. Um, well, it's like you know how you hate um, apply to I cord, and I love it. Like some people are just like, this is my favorite thing—the thing that makes everybody else want to poke their eyes out. Yeah. Her post is. I'm finding the sock yarn scrap, scrap blanket I started for this month's Uli challenge too addictive to fit the slowly part of this thread. Wow. That is amazing. That must have taken forever. Or not, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's like at almost two feet of... Two feet of length of... Um, linen stitch and I think that the the blanket itself is probably like six feet wide wow it is really pretty so I have been um distracted and this I will just put the um preamble or whatever the warning spoiler alert um this is the sewing part of the podcast I have been sewing, and that is why my knitting production has been more focused and less passionate, perhaps, because I've just, it's it's spring, you know, and that's just what has seemed to be my pattern, that come April, I'm like, all right, let's do it. I need a whole new wardrobe. And this spring, it is more than true, because I um, I lost a bunch of weight since the fall, and nothing that I own or have made for myself really fits me properly anymore. Mm. Um, and, um, so I've been working on my sewing and I'm trying to really work on being a better sewist, like doing things like making a muslin and drawing on it and taking it apart and re-sewing it and then re, you know, changing all of the pattern pieces. Um, and so far I have not like fully gone through that process. I, I have some patterns that are in some projects that are in process in that, in that uh, cycle. But you've done um, it for old projects. I did. Like I did it for the rooibos dress originally, but I did it with Jesse, the sewing teacher at Verb. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't fully understanding everything we did. And now looking back at some of the changes that I did on that first rooibos dress, I, um, I realized, oh, it's because we made this adjustment. So, like, one thing that's driving me crazy is I'm always, I always have too much fabric on the back of my, of shirts mm-hmm. and dresses. Like, I was noticing at first, um, like, you know, just in the, more like in the center back, but then tonight I was trying on um, a, a knit um, dress that I'm sewing. And, um, and I noticed it, I just sewed the um, the collar, not the collar, but like the ribbing on the neckline. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this huge gaping mess in the back, my neckline. It's like almost looked better without without the um, ribbing part on the, you know. Uh, what do you call that? The, the neck band. The neck band. Right. Right. I'm sorry. It's late. So, um I mean, it's, I like it. I, I enjoy it. And I keep reminding myself that, you know, even making, you know, two muslins is going to be faster than knitting something of the equivalent size. Is it hard to make a muslin for a knit? That, okay, so this is my muslin for the knit. And I'm just using 
and muslin in quotes, you know, this right. is the fit prototype. And it's a little harder to muslin knits because the only way once you've sewn a knit together or cut a knit piece of knit fabric out or any fabric, you know, to change the shape is to dart it. And typically you don't dart knit fabrics. Right. I mean, you can. And I actually have one of the shirts, the off-the-rack shirts I like right now that I wear um, is a knit, you know, a cotton knit that is um, princess-themed. Mm-hmm. And it's really cute. Um, but so um, I'm working on a couple of projects. So I don't know, I'll just go back a little bit. It is Me Made May. Um, I won't go into a lot of detail because you can follow it on my blog. Um, I've been um, blogging again at Yards to Go. Did I tell you that? No, but I yeah. love. I was I was following on your Flickr. Yes, yeah, so I've been posting every day mm-hmm. except for May first. I did not. Um, uh, so on May first, I actually wore a dress that I own that I I bought that someone else made. But um, I think you've seen this dress. It's the one where there was an unfortunate ink spot right above my breast. That <laughs> really was strategically placed. So I um, took apart the pockets from this dress and made a pocket, like a breast pocket, to cover the stain. And then reconstructed the pocket. And I showed that to a coworker today, the other day, when I, on May 1st when I wore it. And she's like, man, you would have been great in the Depression. <laughs> Actually, was like I felt very um, honored by that. Nice. Um, I love so, your denim rooibos. Like, it just is so cute. It's very um, a comfortable. That was um, so. I've been wearing so for me May May, except for the May first. I've every day of the, this month worn something that I made, and so far I have not had a repeat. I'm afraid the repeat might happen this weekend, but um, I have managed. 14 days with something I've made that, um, but one of the things I've learned throughout this month is that a lot of this stuff, I have to sort of decide if I, if I want to, um, alter it to fit me or chuck it or in some ways, in some of them, I feel like it just needs to be totally like my original Roy Boost dress. Oh uh, no, don't do it. It just looks so terrible. No, it doesn't. It's a, it's a disaster. It is. That dress is. It's so cute. I, I, uh, and it's not even just the fit. I think the fabric just, it's a quilting cotton that I used, and I just don't think it's held up. Um, the seams look strained, and I think part of it might have been just in the original way that I made it and the way I pressed it. I, I, that's what I always blame. I always go back because immediately the, the seams on that dress looked weird. Huh. And I think I did something wrong in the original making of it. Weird. Also, quilting cotton isn't, I mean, it's possible to use for clothing, but it's, it's not necessarily optimal. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sad. not throwing it away. I'm sad, but I understand. The one dress that I made out of that. Um... Oh, yeah. I was thinking about that, that dress. Shibari, Shibori kind of indigo mm-hmm. print. Um, mm-hmm. It's also kind of a quilting cotton, and I never wear it because it's so stiff. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can I also say that I love your denim linen Emma tunic? Yeah, that's a good one. I love it. 
Um, and luckily we've had like these crazy shifts in weather in May, like literally it was like super cold, like in the fifties and did it, was it May that it rained? Was it in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think so. And then, and then we've had like super hot, a hundred degree weather this week. So I've been able to sort of bring out the, um, sort of whole spectrum of my wardrobe. Um, I have gotten some good suggestions um, about some of the skirts that I made last summer. I have the two skirts that I really love. The um, the fish skirt that I made out of a kind of a lightweight canvas. Mm-hmm. And then the birdcage skirt, that black skirt with the birdcages on it mm-hmm. that I made to go with the um, – uh, with the sweater that I made last summer. I love that photo. That Ashland sweater. And um, thank you. Yeah, my, I have, it's great. My office has this red wall behind me, so I can get some pretty stunning, even if they're crappy cell phone photos. Um, but um, a friend of mine from SEMA Allowance um, suggested, and she made this on my comments, um, that instead of taking apart the waistband and trying to reshape the skirt, because I also have these cute pockets that I would have to kind of, it would not ruin the pockets, but they wouldn't be quite as cute. Mm-hmm. But she suggested just putting elastic in the waistband mm-hmm. to kind of cinch it. And then I was talking to her some more about it. And I said, oh, this is what I'm thinking of doing, which is opening the waistband, doing just the, and this is what she meant, just to do the elastic on the back waistband. Mm-hmm. And opening the waistband and sewing it to the inside of the waistband and, you know, stretching it across and sewing it on the other one and then sewing down the waistband. So it just would cinch in in the back. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's what I might do for those two skirts just so that I think it's quick um, and I think it will preserve more or less the way those skirts look. And then I can... You're not, like, tucking in your shirts that much. um, Yeah, but those... The right, so that people wouldn't see it. And if I do, I tend to like cover the waistband, right? Anyway, like pull it out a little bit to cover the waistband. Um, and well, you know, I also have elastic waisted skirts, so it's not like a big deal. And it looks like you know, it still has a waistband, right? Um, it's not quite like the skirt I wore yesterday, which was one of um, the five minute skirt. <laughs> um, I, I made one. You made one of those? I made two, but I can't seem to find the other one. <laughs> and I was so lazy that, like, I did it all on the serger. Um, Why not? Yeah. The, the thing I haven't figured out on the serger is that if you're serging a circular thing, how do you get off, you know, like, get off the train? Like, oh, I was just going... Pro- no way to oh, make I it cross- look nice. <laughs> I cross it up, right? And but what are you talking about? Like a circular thing? Oh, like a waistband? Or like the bottom of a skirt? If you're oh, surge- so you just surge the bottom, and then you didn't, um, you didn't like turn it up or anything? No, because I used that in the rolled hem thing. Mm. I think you just go, you just kind of go cross it over a little bit and cut it off. Yeah. And make sure that that place is less visible to you, like in the back, so it doesn't seem The problem with those uh, five-minute skirts is that they tend to just travel around and around. Yeah, they're they're not. Both of the ones I made were great for what they were. 
Um, both of them were made out of recyc- you know, thrifted sheets. And actually that yellow one um, that I wore yesterday, and you can see I'm on the entry for May 14th on my blog, mm-hmm. um, is it used to be, a, I first made it into a dress and the dress I thought was terrible. And so I just cut the top off and turned it into a skirt. Oh. It was, um, and there's a picture of the dress on my blog. So um, if you are interested in sewing and you didn't know that I have a sewing blog, um, because I haven't for the last couple of years, it's called uh, Yards to Go, Yards to Go um, dot blogspot.com, I believe. Yes. I don't even know. Yes. Yes, <laughs> that's what it is. And I have posted every day this month. Do you feel really retro blogging again? It's very weird. People <laughs> do it though. And sewers are really like big bloggers. The last frontier of blogging. Well, they don't have ravel. They don't have a ravelry. Like, yeah, and this is uh, before we started to record, I was t- telling Jenny that I'm trying to master Evernote. And she asked why. And I will say now it's because I'm trying to find a way to catalog all of the patterns that I own, sewing patterns that I own, mm-hmm. and to keep notes on um, the projects that I do. And um, I've tried, you know, I think la- a couple years ago, I looked into a site called My Sewing Circle. And I don't know if it even still exists, but there just didn't seem to be a critical mass going there. Right. Um, and then in the last couple of years, uh, the site Collabora, Collabora, has, have you seen that website? Mm-mm. Similar to Ravelry, you, you know, you log in, you have a profile, you can post your projects. But the interactivity and the um, user interface is kind of confusing. It's it's an offshoot of Berta style mm-hmm. in some aspect. And so there's definitely a more of a focus on selling um, in a way that's uh, more mainstream than the Ravelry model. Like, right. um I feel like Berta style site kind of does it. Kind of, but it's still not the same. It just doesn't, you can't catalog your projects quite as elegantly. Right. Um, And then the other um, site is Pattern Review, which has a terrible user interface, but volumes of excellent information. Like, Mm. it's like, it's very, very helpful in that sense. So I think. I'm going to use Evernote mainly because this is just about like knowing what I have. And so if I'm, you know, out shopping and looking at a fabric, I can, and I know what I want to use it for. I can look up my patterns on my phone and see what the yardage requirements are. Or like if I see a fabric and I'm like, Oh, what pattern do I have that this might go with? Evernote has some pretty powerful things. Like it can scan images for words. Mm -hmm. So text in your images is searchable. Wow. So like if I bring in an image that's the cover of a pattern, it searches that and, um, you know, it's, it can search anything. So I don't have to necessarily type like, I don't have to type woven or, you know, Swiss dot or knit in, into there, those kinds of keywords, because the, the, um, character recognition will pick that up and I can just type in my you know, whatever, and it will pull up those patterns. And are you like doing using like your phone with a scanning app to? No, I'm pulling images from the web because all the like simplicity and pattern review, they all keep images of pattern 
fronts and backs. Mm -hmm. So I just have been, um, pulling them into Evernote and literally like mousing over and hitting copy and then going into Evernote and pasting it in. The hardest thing about Evernote is that, or the, the kind of the bummer thing, is that they have an algorithm for how they choose the image that they want to display. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they look for a square image or the image that has the shortest long or the longest short side, or I don't know. So whatever their algorithm is, it means that if I don't change the shape of the image of the pattern, what I end up getting is... Um, the, as the display is the back of the envelope, which I don't want. Right. So the work that I have to do is I, I do have to make a square image for the the each uh, note so that I can see what the pattern looks like because that's what I want to be able to see in quick view, right. not pattern back in tiny, tiny type. So what's your current sewing project? So my current sewing project, I have two. Um, one of them is this uh, tank dress out of knit fabric. And it is um, a simplicity pattern. I there was a Joann's sale, ninety nine or dollar sale last week, and I figured out that I could take Bart to Joann's in El Cerrito. That is problematic. <laughs> um, but thankfully, it took me three years of living over here to to know that. Um, so that is a Simplicity 1358, um, and it is a knit tank dress, and it comes in, in kind of two main styles. One is you know, like a, a round neck tank shape um, dress or maxi dress, and the other one is one that uh, splits down the center and the back. So you have you know four seams instead of two, which mm-hmm. I actually really – I think um, – so I'm muslined the non – uh, split mm-hmm. version and I'm having some issues with the fit and in the back. And what I'm hoping is that when I do do the split version that I'll be able to get rid of some of the fabric in the back using the back seam. Yeah, totally. Um, it's difficult having that single piece and, and that just may be the solution for me. And the other project I'm working on is, um, is Vogue, Eighty-five, eleven. I think it is. Let me see. Let me go back. Um, it is Vogue. Oh, it's like yeah, Vogue. I'm sorry, Vogue eighty-eight fifteen. Not even close. Um, sort of has some of the same numbers, and it is a shirt with a peplum, Jenny. <laughs> um. There are many different um, versions of it in the pattern. Again, there's uh, a sh- sleeveless, a sh- an awkward short sleeve version, and a long sleeve version. And then there's two different versions of the peplum. And I'm making the basic tank version with the basic temp- peplum. Yeah, I like and the yellow sleeveless version. That's the one I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and there is a... This this pattern is very well reviewed on Pattern Review, and um, I got it on a at a Vogue sale, so it was like it was five dollars, and um, I'm enjoying the process much more of making the adjustments to this pattern. I think because it's a woven and the and the fabric 
is behaving in a way that's predictable and I can add darts in places and not feel as weird. Like I have, I made an arm size dart, the a dart like that's under my arms, like, or in the front of my arms because the fabric was gaping there. Mm-hmm. And actually that's one of the problems I'm having on the knit dress that I'm having a harder time figuring out how to fix on knit fabric. So I'm, I might need to just go back to working on wovens for a while and seeing how it goes. I made a few mods on it. That neckline is crazy high. And so I traced the um, neckline from the Wixton tank. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm using, I use that and it actually is a little, um, it's not bad, but um, maybe a little lower than what I would want. So um, I'm making now a wearable muslin as my next step. I've I made a bunch of adjustments to the pattern, which you can see on my post from uh, May 8th. I did a like a sketch of where I was going to make some changes. And I have transferred all those changes to the pattern, and I've cut out it out in a, another fabric to make a, a shirt version. The funny thing about this is that it has a zipper up the back, which I was hoping to avoid, mm-hmm. but I actually think it you know makes the shape a little nicer and um, prevents you from like really ripping at the seams. Um, so after I see how this version works out, I'd like to make a dress version where I elongated that skirt and maybe even did the uneven hem of like having it shorter in the front and longer in the back. Cool. Have so you... Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. That's, so that's, those are the two main things I'm working on. Have you ever sewn any sewaholic patterns? I have not. Did you make the Renfrew top? No, but I love the way that top looks on people who make it. I feel like it's a very successful knit top for a lot of people. Um, I well, I knit. I knit. I sewed another a knit top this month as well. Um, it is a free pattern on from a blog called skirt as top mm-hmm. and it's just called the scoop neck tee or the scoop tee I believe mm-hmm. and um, I felt that was pretty successful it's a one size pattern so like mm-hmm. if it doesn't fit you it doesn't fit you but um and uh people at seam allowance have had a, a lot of success with the um it's a free pattern from deer and doe is the name of the pattern company and it's called the plantain shirt and people have like every single person in seam allowance who's made it and it's like we've gotten to a point at meetings where i where we just like okay who has who has a plantain shirt on stand up you know like (laughs) so um that is has been recommended to me when i was struggling with some of my knit projects uh this month people were like oh you need to make a plantain you should make a plantain is it like the clapotee of shirts? Yeah, maybe. Um, and I don't know if you know this, that um, a verb for keeping warm is has started a sewing pattern line. Wow. Yeah. And they've released their first pattern. It's called the Endless Summer Tunic. Uh-huh. And this pattern, let's see, uh, at Seam Allowance on Sunday, there were four people who had made it. And one woman had made three versions of it. It actually, I think, is a shirt you would really like. It's on the front page of their website. Um, and I think it would be a something that you would really like. Right now it's available as a PDF download for $9. And then you can uh, 
you can uh, you know, tape together the pages and trace off the pattern. But um, they were supposed to be getting the printed version in this week. So cute. And I believe there are two lengths of this, or maybe it's just that people have been lengthening it or shortening it. So the woman who made three, I believe she made two at this length, and then made, I don't know, maybe she made, she might have been the one who shortened it, made it at the regular length, and lengthened it. So is, and then Christine? Is it, is it Christine who's designing them? Well, Did she's she... working with, she's working with um, a, a, somebody who's come to work with them, uh, Tasia, mm-hmm. and... Um, who I think I'm saying her name wrong, but I just want to say that I know that I'm saying her name wrong. And so she, I don't know how she and Christine met, but they, um, they, people, I think introduced them and, um, Tessia has, uh, a pattern, she can do pattern drafting. And so Christine had, they just have been bouncing ideas and generated this. And then they have two other patterns in the works, which I've seen, but I can't top secret. So... <laughs> One should be out pretty soon that I think you will really like. Um, and the other one is awesome, but I can't say it. that's the one that's I think further off. So, um, so, um, there's a lot out there. Um, and last time I was sewing, you know, I guess a year, I feel like I sewed last year, but it was really two summers ago that I was doing really intensive it into it. I was looking a lot at independent pattern companies. And I think the struggle I have, and maybe a lot of sewists have, is that the pattern companies design for the designer, right? So the Colette patterns, I think, are designed not just to her taste, but to her fit. Like mm-hmm. she is the fit model. Right. Um, and I am not built like she is. So it, it, it meant I did a lot of adapting right. of the pattern. And obviously, like, I'm doing a lot of changes on this Vogue pattern, but I feel a little differently about it in terms of the cost, obviously, but also, like, where I am. Like, maybe now if I went back and made the Colette patterns that I have, um, I would feel more confident in how to adapt them. Um, But I think there was this dreamy feeling I had when I first started sewing that if I bought these independent patterns that were made by, you know, women who understood the sort of process of the home sewer in a way that maybe the big four did not, then I would get a product that would fit me without having to do all this work. Mm -hmm. And I realized now, well, no, you still have to do all this work. So, um, there's no magic bullet. Just like you need to find the patterns that appeal to you aesthetically and, um, kind of hope for the best. Right. Um, well, it's exciting. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm managing to use. I'm I'm managing to use stash and like also um, acquire more fabric. But usually when I go to the thrift store, I'm like, oh my god, three yards of African wax print for two dollars a yard. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> so, I I do have a confession. One of the things that I am dreaming about making uh-huh. is a pants jumpsuit. Nice. Do it. Um, okay. We have to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> it's on my Pinterest. Oh, and yes, if you, anybody follows me on Pinterest, you can see what I've been pinning lots and lots of patterns. Oh, that is something else I did to organize my patterns is uh, the first attempt I made was I pinned all the patterns I own. 
uh, just so I'd have a visual representation. Mm-hmm. But it's harder. It's not searchable. It's not. It's it looks pretty, but it's. I, I love the functionality, the basic functionality of Pinterest, but it's really a, a dream board, right? Like it's not. It's not meant for a librarian. It has a lot of limitations. Right. So. So that's my spiel about about sewing. And the one last thing I want to say is I want to thank everybody who ordered button sets. Yay! We have sold, I, I will have to go look. Um, I haven't updated the account in a few weeks because there was a big push of the beginning. Like oh, the first Nicole, you're day that we second. announced it. Oh. Yeah, it's like fuzzy. Um, fuzzy? Can you hear me? Yeah, it's just distorted. Uh, okay. Maybe if I keep talking, then, it, uh, yeah, you were distorted at one point. Since I wasn't recording you, I wasn't as worried. <laughs> um, it'll, it's, it's the internet slowness. It'll come back. And I think okay. Yeah, it's it, coming. It's back. It's back. Okay. So the first weekend that I put the buttons up for sale, we sold like 30 sets. So it was like this crazy going to the, it was fun going to the post office and buying all these. And it was complicated, but getting them sent off. And, um, so anyway, I haven't updated, uh, the spreadsheet in a while, but I will, and, uh, I'll figure out how many we've sold, but we still have button sets for sale. And if you are on our Ravelenics team, um, and you buy a button set, I will include your Ravelenics button for free. Um, if you just want your Ravelenics button, it is $3 and there's a little order thing on the stash and burn website. Um, I have been sending these, um, foreign posts. I did have to add kind of a, a big amount of money. Uh, I think it's $3 for foreign postage. Just, it's kind of expensive mm-hmm. and uh, some really awesome, generous, uh, foreign listeners, um, actually, and some U S based local listeners or local living in the U S, um, have donated more than the cost of the button. And that's been really awesome. Um, the fund has been used to send out the Uli quarter prize for the first quarter. Um, so, um, and I guess, I guess I should talk about that. The Uli prize from quarter one, uh, was some yarn that was donated by listener ocean blue Katrin. um, I included the the book called a book called Free Spirit Shawls uh, that I believe is was edited by Lisa Schroyer, and um, uh, some bags from Namaste, and I think that was it. And oh, the winner! That was who I was. I was. I was like, what am I missing here? There's some piece of information that I don't have. I haven't shared with you. And that was the winner who was, if I can get down to my post, it was, oh, Betsy Hsu. That's right. So she won um, a skein of Fino donated by Katrin, Free Spirit, Spirit Shawls, and a set of Oh Snap bags from our friends at Namaste. So and that was already sent off to her, courtesy of our mailing fund. So... Thank you, everybody, for ordering buttons. I'm still happy to send them out to you. Um, if you order them, I'll let you, let you all know when they, we run out. Yay. And I think that should do it for us. Yes. 
Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, we will talk to you at some point in the next 30 to 60 days. <laughs> <laughs> I will be off work. So maybe that will make things a little bit easier. <sighs> all right. Bye, Jenny. Bye. Try to fight